0: Tell me how AI is used in your society, I will tell you what power structure you have in your society. These are potential capabilities if the technology is deployed and designed, used
1: wisely. One way to think about it is that the promise of these new technologies is very much shaped by power spoke to one of the data miners from the um, Welfare Office and he would say things like, oh, we just let math and science take over. That's interesting, right? So there's moral choices in all of those things, but there's an assumption that it's not, right? And that is a little bit different to how choices of yesteryear were understood.
2: It's a big mistake to have the homeless person in your mind as you go into this set of issues. You should, in fact, Have yourself there. Uh, You're the ones who are going to be needing social protection at some point in the future. The reality is that what is trialed and erred today on the poor is going to be applied to you tomorrow.
1: We worry about what might happen around these tools in the future. Oh my God, what will happen when your car can talk to your refrigerator? That's not an unimportant question. I wanna be clear about that. But what I do wanna say is that these tools are having real impacts on real human beings
3: right now. Welcome to the podcast on digital technologies and human rights. I'll be your host, Stevie Bergman. This podcast is meant to be a quick, broad primer on these topics, and most importantly, where they intersect. All framed and motivated by a conference at Princeton University last April. Jointly put on by the Center for Information Technology Policy and the UN Special Rapporteur for Human Rights and Extreme Poverty. The conference was conducted in response to the Special Rapporteur's call for recommendations on the topic for a thematic report that was compiled and presented to the UN General Assembly last October 2019. In the conference, global experts like professors Edward Felton, Philip Alston, Scarlett Wilcock, Virginia Eubanks, and Mark Fleurbet, all heard in the clips at the beginning of the show, came together to speak on the intersection of digital technologies and human rights. There were many more speakers at the conference, however, in an effort to give you the best rundown of the salient topics, only a subset of foundational clips will be played in these episodes. Of course, the term digital technologies encapsulates so much. Tech is absolutely everywhere. But here we are going to focus specifically on algorithmic decision-making systems. These are pieces of computer software that are designed to make predictions or decisions based on the data and they are being used more and more the world over by private companies and governments. And the specific focus here is on the topic of artificial intelligence, or AI. This technology is incredibly innovative and powerful for its potential ability to digest large amounts of real-world data into understandable models. AI isn't new, but its expansive use across the world in all domains is fairly new. Some of those domains you may have heard about facial recognition, autonomous vehicles, uses in the military such as drones, various pieces of software on your smartphones, and for scientific discoveries. And maybe you've also heard it's being used in ad targeting as you surf the internet. But it's quietly been spreading and is now being employed for tasks such as hiring, credit lending, surveillance, medicine, even in criminal justice, child protective services, and determining public housing allocations. And the list is growing and there are absolutely critical questions that need to be addressed when the decision-making and complex reasoning power shifts from a human to an algorithm. Here's an example from Professor Felton.
0: This really comes down to thinking about what happens as we make a transition from human decision-making to machine decision-making in the operation of these programs. Uh, What happens when when we do that? What happens when we replace, perhaps, a room full of bureaucrats with a room full of computers? Now, there can be a tendency in this space to, again, to fetishize one or the other form of decision-making. The fact is, both human decision-making and machine decision-making have significant risks and potential (laughs) drawbacks. We need to keep our heads in evaluating the trade-offs here not valorizing either form of decision-making?
3: There are many questions involved here, some of which are particular to AI, though notably some are not. And to understand these questions, we need to understand some basic aspects of the algorithms themselves. This podcast is meant to give you a foundation on the technology so you can be informed as you hear more and more about this topic, because it's everywhere and it's growing. With that in mind, over this series we are not going to divorce the tech itself from its real-world uses, happening today. We analyze some case studies, and in doing so we'll consider the key questions at the interface of AI and our basic human rights. And by doing this, we can evaluate the tech and whether it's being used properly. In this series we'll focus on two human rights issues in particular. The human right to social protection, also known as welfare, and the right to an effective remedy. These are particularly important when considering the rights of the most vulnerable among us. And as written in the thematic report presented by the UN Special Rapporteur to the UN General Assembly, I quote, Despite the enormous stakes involved, not just for millions of individuals, but for societies as a whole, these issues have, with a few notable exceptions, garnered remarkably little attention. The mainstream technology community has been guided by official preoccupations with efficiency, budget savings, and fraud detection. The welfare community has tended to see the technological dimensions as separate from policy developments rather than integrally linked. Last, those in the human rights community concerned with technology have understandably been focused instead on concerns such as the emergence of the surveillance state, the potentially fatal undermining of privacy. The highly discriminatory impact of many algorithms and the consequences of the emerging regime of surveillance capitalism. End quote. The issues around poverty and social protection are often ignored in the current critical discussions on the growing uses of AI. And this is a seemingly direct reflection on the relative deprivation and powerlessness of many welfare recipients and the vast separation of AI designers from those groups. Indeed, these rights are the focus of the Special Rapporteur's Thematic Report and of the UN-Princeton Conference that frames and motivates this series. And they're a great place for us to start. So my goal with these podcasts is to provide any listener the foundation to approach these issues as an informed citizen and user. It is only with public engagement that powerful government and corporate institutions can be accountable to those they serve. Us. The citizenry and users. So here's how we'll do it. The next episode which I'm calling episode one, focuses on AI and its commonly used subbranch, machine learning.
0: Pretty much every AI textbook uh, admits um, it, with embarrassment on page one that they're not exactly sure what the term means, that there's not an agreed upon definition.
3: Professor Felton.
0: A decent working definition is to say AI is the science and engineering of making intelligent machines, especially intelligent software. That comes from John McCarthy, one of the Early giants of the field, but of course that just sweeps all of the difficulty into the word intelligent.
3: Episode one is your technology primer, and by the end of it, you'll hopefully get a good sense for why these systems are so important and so powerful, as well as a sense of some of the concerns. In episode two, we'll discuss human rights broadly, then focus on social protection and the right to an effective remedy.
2: All of this is great.
3: Professor Philip Alston.
2: And from an AI perspective, we think it's a wonderful development, it's efficient, it's cost-saving, but just think what the actual impact is in terms of what we used to think of as the sort of human interaction which we used to owe to our fellow human beings who are not down and out, because that's a derogatory term, but who need help.
3: In episode two, we'll discuss what the right to social protection means, both globally and in the U.S., and how they're currently being deployed across the world. Next, in the third episode, we'll analyze a series of real, current cases of AI usage in social protection and discuss their positive and negative impacts on the key human rights issues.
2: Accountability in the human rights area is the accountability essentially of the state, It also, of course, applies to private actors, but essentially through the state. What we see in the AI area, generally, is that we are not even outsourcing, because outsourcing um, implies some sort of continuing relationship. But instead of the state being responsible to protect your human rights, suddenly it is large tech companies and others that are taking it upon themselves to define first of all what your rights are by talking vaguely about ethics uh, and then to set themselves up as the arbiters of whether or not uh, those ethical entitlements that you have, because they're no longer rights, um, are actually being protected.
3: The cases we'll discuss in episode three are an automated decision-making system in Indiana that was used to determine Medicaid benefits. Then the use of a machine learning-based risk assessment algorithm in Allegheny County, Pennsylvania, Child Protective Services, and last, a very successful program that matches those who need kidneys with donors. To keep it simple, all the cases we're analyzing here occur in the U.S. However, this is absolutely a global issue, and I'll mention some cases to look out for in the U.K., Australia, and India, and some others to follow. We have this
1: tendency to think that if we build tools that are neutral and objective, then we are building them for fairness and justice. In fact, the inverse is true.
3: Professor and author of Automating Inequality, Virginia Eubanks. So if you build
1: something to be neutral, it actually supports the status quo. Um, And currently the status quo is pretty shitty for 100 million people who are within 200% of the poverty line in the United States. Um, So if we're going to build tools that produce better outcomes for people who have been exploited and oppressed, um, then we have to acknowledge power and build tools, build sort of equity gears into these tools to actually navigate the landscape of inequality that we actually live on.
3: In the fourth and final episode, we'll do a recap of the conference and discuss recommendations from the experts who spoke. And... As the Special Rapporteur's report to the UN General Assembly was released in October 2019, we'll discuss key points, recommendations, and warnings. And last, as this is a broad, quick introduction to a rapidly growing topic, I will leave you with some key questions to ask whenever you hear of an AI being used in society, so that you can stay informed and critical. So please stay tuned, and if you're interested in learning more, there will be extra references in the notes that go along with each episode. This has been a fascinating and engaging journey for me, and I really hope you enjoy this podcast. Please send any comments to the email for the show, aihrpod at gmail.com. Much more to come. Stay tuned for the next episode on artificial intelligence.
0: Whether you're on the technical or the policy side of this increasingly thin Uh, border, it's important to be thinking about what you can do to enable practitioners on the other side of the line to do their job more effectively. And indeed it's only by fitting together the capabilities, the strengths and weaknesses of these different uh, modes of work that we'll be able to, uh, to do the best job. That starts with getting people with these interests into the same room and talking about the challenges.